Welcome to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. You can find us in Germantown Hills, Illinois, right off of Route 116, or on the web at greatoakscc.org. We come together to worship and learn every Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. Come, take your next step towards God together with us. I'm sure all of you, when you heard we were going to... Think about talk about Habakkuk. Y'all is going, oh, it's my favorite book. You're going like, I've never read it before. Probably most, more than not likely. I haven't read it in a long time until we started looking at this series. But uh, I came to understand something. It is so relevant for today. Uh, I don't know if that description, you know, that little video thing told you about. But, you know, it was the setting of Habakkuk is, is so interesting because it was a time of injustice, a time of corrupt governments, a time of of people being immoral, a time of violence, a time when there was outside influences in the world that was trying to uh, tear a nation apart or overcome a nation. Sound like anything you hear about today? You know, it's almost identical to where we are today in our world. And so when we look and we think about this Old Testament prophet named Habakkuk, or however you want to say Habakkuk, or however you want to say it, it's good with me, Okay. Because I don't know if it's, none of us are Hebrew, unless I don't know anybody Hebrew here. Uh, and so it, it probably uh, really doesn't matter. But Habakkuk or Habakkuk uh, was somebody who, in a real sense, uh, has a lot to say to us. Now, the kind of flow of the book, it's only three chapters, three weeks. We're going to talk about it, one chapter a week, look at each chapter. But uh, one of the authors of, uh, of a book, a little book on Habakkuk, his name is Warren Wiersbe. He calls his book, From Worry to Worship. The kind of the flow of going from worry to worship. Uh, another guy, Martin Lloyd-Jones, who is another uh, theologian, wrote a book called on Habakkuk, and he called it From Fear to Faith. You kind of get the flow factor. It's from you know bad times to good times, from fear to faith, from worry to worship. But it's a process that we're going to be looking at. Because in Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, it says this, How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or I cry out to you, violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? And why do you tolerate wrong? The basic thrust of Habakkuk is this. Why, God, don't you seem fair to me? And you've got to understand something. That we're not talking about a person here who is far from God. We're talking about a guy, Habakkuk, who probably started off as a, we don't know for certain, but maybe as a, a musician in the temple. Possibly, and we know he was a priest, and then he became a prophet. And I don't know if you know of that flow, but you know, being a priest and a prophet are a little different. Uh, being a priest, he pretty much in his environment, he was someone who uh, basically knew what he had to do every day when he went to work. He had certain rituals, certain things that he would go to, and it was laid out in the Old Testament, and he would follow through those processes. But when God called him to be a prophet, man, that's called job insecurity. Uh, it's a place where uh, God is going to speak through you and he's going to use you to speak to the people. That's what a prophet did, spoke uh, to, to the people for God. And as he did that, you know, sometimes it wasn't always good news. And so he was kind of a scary job to have. And so here was a guy who, had, who was committed to God in a deep way. But we see him in the very first chapter of Habakkuk uh, questioning God and asking God some questions. 
And basically, he asks God, you know, why are these things happening to us? Why are these bad things happening to good people? Or uh, bad things happening to good people and good things happen to bad people? The, the opposites. Why do these things happen like this? How is the world? Why don't? Why isn't just the world not fair? And maybe we have those questions sometimes ourselves. I know I do. When I see things that I don't always believe it are fair. Now, a little bit of the background of backup. He was one of the 12 minor prophets. He never made it to the majors. Uh, not literally. There's, there's, a, there's some people in the, in the New Old Testament called prophets who were kind of the major prophets. People like Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah, people like that. But then we have these 12 minor prophets. Twelve, And they're minor basically because there's not a lot of, their books are very short. Uh, the things they have to say, uh, they, they weren't as well known of a prophet. But they were still significant as well. They still spoke for God. And Habakkuk lived in the same time as another prophet we've heard of. His name is Jeremiah. Actually lived in the same city of Jerusalem during the same time. Around probably, this book was probably written around 600 B.C. And we know that a lot of things that were going on. Uh, Judah was going through decline. The people would turn away from God. And not only that. What was happening was the outside forces, there was a group of people, and according to which translation you have, they're either called the Chaldeans or they're called the Babylonians, the same group. And they were people who had become a powerful nation, who was overcoming and, and uh, conquering all the nations around them. And people kind of saw the writing on the wall that it wouldn't be too long before Judah would be the next one. And in the midst of all of that, this prophet Habakkuk looks and he sees the immorality and the way that the people had turned away from God, his people had turned away from God. And he begins to ask these questions of God. Now, it's interesting that the word Habakkuk, the name actually has meaning. The meaning, you know, when we have, do you know what your name means? Anybody know what their name means? Yeah, some of you do. You actually know what your name means. But most people are named because your parents like the name. You know, that's probably it. But Habakkuk, actually the word, the, the Jewish word Habakkuk actually means to wrestle or to embrace. It means to wrestle or to embrace. And it's very strategic about his name because that is exactly what he does in this book with God. He's the only minor prophet to question God. He, he, well, the rest of them are kind of like to share, share with, but, but Habakkuk, he, he wrestles with, he, embra he embraces God and he questions God. And today, if you're looking, if you're people who like sitcom, sitcom sermons, you don't know what a sitcom sermon is, do you? Sitcom sermon is one that has a little humor, uh, has some tension, and then everything wraps up neatly at the end. All in 30 minutes. You know, that's, that's sitcoms, right? Well, let me tell you, it's not going to happen today. So when you leave here, you may have some tension. But the thing is going to be good tension because the thing that we can understand from Habakkuk is that it, it's, as you go through the realities of life, the Christian life, as you go through the ups and the downs, it gives us a process of how to get back to faith with God, how to go from worry to worship, how to go from fear to faith. And I, hopefully this will be one of the most impactful sermons that you've, and series that we've, you've heard in a long time because it has so much to say to us today. It starts in verse 1. If you have your Bibles, you might want to turn to Habakkuk. Actually, it's about 15 or 20 pages right before you get to the New Testament. And as you look at that, if you don't know where Habakkuk is, it's right near the, old, the end of the Old Testament after a guy named, a person named Nahum. I'm sure you know where that one is. 
you know, I had to look that one up too. You know, where is it? Uh, so you, 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 just right before the, the New Testament, so it's just a little bit before that. And as you go there, the very first, uh, the very first verse of, the, of Habakkuk chapter 1 says this, The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet received, and you're going like, an oracle? What is an oracle? Sounds like some kind of thing you, you know, hear in some kind of a Lord of the Rings movie or something. Well, the oracle basically meant the Hebrew word that comes from is the word Massah. And that word basically means an utterance or a doom or a burden. This wasn't necessarily good news that, that Habakkuk got from God. It was a burden. It was something deep. It was something that troubled him. Because when he heard it from God and he was to kill the people, it was not something he wanted. To, it wasn't good news. And so... He understands that, but he starts to wrestle with that. And, and as he wrestles with it, in verses 3 and 4, he says these things. He says, why do you make me look at injustice, God? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. And therefore the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. And the wicked him and the righteous so that justice is perverted. Sounds like Illinois politics. Doesn't it? I'm going like, how, pre- how relevant this passage is in regard to where we are as a place, even, you know, even more specifically right here where we are right now. It's, it's difficult, but he's, he's dealing with this. He's a godly man who is dealing with and questioning a holy God. And the thing we need to understand, that's all right. That's all right. Because as we will look through this, this, Three chapters. Chris gets to do the last week. You know, three weeks from now. He, you know, I said it's from worry to worship. I get worrying and waiting. He gets worshiping. Now, how fair is that? But um, as we're looking through it, the, the thing is, is Habakkuk has some problems with God. And sometimes you and I must admit that we have problems with God too. If we're honest with ourselves. There was three basic things that we see in this chapter that Habakkuk had problems with. Number one, he, had, he, had, he said this, God, you don't seem to care. I mean, all this stuff's happening to your people. Your people are turning away from you. Why don't you do something about it? Why don't you bring down fire or something and help it or, or you know, cause something to happen? Because he'd done it over and over in the Old Testament and other places as well. You don't seem to care, God, that things are happening. Another thing he, he, he uh, had a problem with God about was that he said, you aren't doing much when you could. He, he believed in a big God. I believe in a big God. Do you believe that God can do anything? I believe he can do anything if he wants to. But the issue is here is he was struggling with God and he was wrestling with God. And he was wrestling because he saw God not doing a whole lot even though he could at this point in time. And then what he saw God doing he thought was didn't seem fair. I mean, why does the wicked prosper? He looked out the window of, of, his, of his place in Jerusalem out past Judea and he saw the Babylonians coming. And guess what the Babylonians, we're going to read in a moment about them. The Babylonians weren't good people. Matter of fact, they were more evil than the, than the, than the uh, Jewish people. But they were prospering. They were overcoming kingdom after kingdom, nation after nation. And he was asking those questions. God... You know, why aren't you fair? Now, I can stop a minute and talk about this because this is, this is the, the point today that we want to really make is this whole thing of, of how the Christian life flows. And so often we hear televangelists say, oh, if you accept Christ, you know, all your problems will be over. And that's not true. 
God says he'll be with you through everything. He says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. He says, God works for good for those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. But he doesn't make all the bad things. He just allows things to happen in our life to grow us up. And we go through a process. There's a guy named Seth Godin who wrote a little book called The Dip. He's written a bunch of business books. And in that book... Um, Let's go ahead and throw this up here if we can get it to work. There we go. Uh, it's my computer on the screen. That's so cool. Uh, I love technology. But uh, there's this little thing he uses called the dip here. And it's kind of like a diagram. And I would call the Christian life more of an EKG than a dip. But anyway, this is just one little portion of, uh, of the Christian life here. And, and, it's, and it's, I thought earlier when, uh, uh, when Roger shared about the, the, the uh, junior high going to camp, you know, it's kind of like a picture. It's just it's like a mini picture of life. In the Christian life. We, we get this place here. Oh, that's supposed to be up there. You don't want to know what type temperature it is, do you? Okay. Okay. Right here, though, you know, see where this, you kind of like you start your Christian life here. You accept Christ and you start growing, you know, and it's kind of like going in the right direction here. And you're getting excited about stuff and things are going well. You know, if you've accepted Christ and things are going well, I mean, you go to the mall and you pull into a park and, and you're trying to find a parking spot. And you go, oh, God, please help me have a parking spot. And one opens up right in front of the place you want to go. And you go, oh, yes, Jesus. And, and your kids start acting normal, you know, and I'm not even saying good, just normal. And, and, and you're excited about it because you've been praying that they would just be normal. And things start, you know, things start going in the right direction. You're excited. And you and then you go to camp, you know, you go to camp and you get to this place. We call it right here. It's called the mountaintop. See right there? It's the mountaintop right there. And that's where some of our junior high kids were last week. <laughs> but the issue was, is, uh, you know, they came back. And sometimes we get to the mountaintop in our Christian experience and we go there. And then we start, you know, experiencing difficulties. And when we start experiencing difficulties, we, we have something that uh, Henry Blackaby in his book, Experiencing God, calls, up oh, here we go, a crisis of belief. A crisis of belief. And when we have that crisis of belief, it happens past, past the mountaintop right there. And we start going down here and we start questioning God. God, things aren't working well. You know, like my kids aren't acting normal anymore. Whatever normal is. But they're going off the deep end or, you know, having difficulties in life or something really tragic happens in our life. And we start questioning God and we ask ourselves, you know, God, are you real? That's the experience. That's where most of us are in the Christian life. We have these ups and these downs. Is that not true? It's not like this one just like, oh, everything's wonderful. Because the only people that think everything's wonderful are people who simply deny reality. Because there's two responses when we have this crisis of belief. One is to deny reality. The other one is to get mad at God. Right? That's two, two ways that we respond to this, this thing when we get past the hump and we're going downhill and things aren't going the way we want to get off the mountaintop. And, and, and I was talking and talking to Roger earlier about camp and he said and he shared about how this past week like, kids went back to school and they got back in school. Now, if, if, if things were perfect in the world the way we thought they should be perfect, when they got back to school, all their friends would have accepted Christ, you know, and all their teachers, and everybody would be just praising God at school, right? It didn't happen. Because God doesn't force anybody to do that. He allows it to happen, but they went back into to a real situation, to a real-world situation, where they start having things questioned, and they have difficulties.
Guess what? That's exactly where Habakkuk chapter 1 is. It's the place where we as people of faith begin the process of questioning God. And so we need to understand it. Let's go ahead and go to the next slide. Go off of here. We have to flip, flip gears here a minute. Okay. And the thing that we need to understand is that we can either deny reality, we can get mad at God, or what's the other response we have? We can trust God. We can trust God. And as the process we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks, I hope you'll hang in there with us, is that the thing we need to understand is that God wants us in a real sense. He wants us to get past this thing of just simply, you know, realizing that it's not going to be perfect all the time. And that's what where Habakkuk was. And the question that we often have is this, what do you do when you see, what you see and what you believe do not match? What do you do? What do you do when what you see and what you do do not match? Do you deny God? Do you get mad at God? Or do you choose to trust God even in the midst of the crisis? Even in the midst of the, of the season of doubt. One of the favorite passages of scripture I have is James. Uh, the book of, uh, book of the New Testament. And in James uh, chapter, chapter 1 verses 2 it says this about this whole thing. It says this. Consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything god could fix everything and we could always never we can never have any issues but you guess what would happen we would never grow up and so habakkuk chapter one is about the reality of life about us going through difficulties even of people of faith and at the same time begin to question god and so habakkuk asked god okay god are you going to do something about it about what's happening right now And God says this in verse 5. He says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if I told you. Now, if you heard that, not knowing what's coming up next. If you heard that, what would you think? Would you be excited? Would you be pumped? God's getting ready to do something big. You know, if, if you go, whatever crisis you've been through, whatever crisis you're in when you're in the dumps, and you ask God to do something, what is usually, you want God to fix everything. I want God to fix everything, right? And he says, you'd be utterly amazed, just overwhelmed if you really knew what I was about to do because God's ways are not our ways. Because in verse 6, he says this, here's what I'm going to do that's going to utterly amaze you. I am going to raise up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwelling places not their own. They are feared and they are dreaded people and they are a law to themselves, meaning they are lawless. And they promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, meaning they're really fast. They're fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like a vulture swooping to devour. They all come uh, bent on violence. Oh, God, that's a great response to what my pro- our problems are. You know, we have these people, all our people are messed up. They're turning away from you. You know, justice does not prevail. And what are you going to do? You're going to allow people who are even worse than we are to come in and to capture us and to take over us and take us into captivity, which is eventually what happened. 
Man, that's a great plan, God. I'm not sure. I don't think he said that. Do you think he said that? You know, I'm just being facetious this morning. No, he's probably going, no! That's what I'd have done. If you've never done that, maybe just get real with God sometimes. It's all right to question God. He's big enough. You know where I was taught telling guys to man up? You know what that means? I don't know what it means. <laughs> I think it means to be stupid. But, uh, but the thing is, we've got to understand is, is that God is big enough to deal with our, with our doubts, with our questions in life. He wants us to grow. He wants us to go through it. It's all right to question God. Because a deeply committed believer can express simultaneous questions and faith. It's what scripture says. So if you got questions, just hang in there with God. That's what Habakkuk did. He was a believer. He wasn't somebody who was turning away from God. He wasn't pushing God away. He was going, God, I want to know. He didn't understand the whole deal. But he still trusted in God in the midst of it. In Mark 9, uh, in the New Testament, there's a story that kind of talks about this. How can you simultaneously have faith and have questions? I mean, how do you do that? Isn't that like being kind of messed up? No. Because in Mark 9, in the New Testament, there's a story of this father with his son who has an evil spirit in him. And he comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, he says, this is what's been going on with my son. And he says, if you can heal him, that's what he used the words, if you can heal him, would you? And Jesus kind of looks at him and goes, if I could heal him. I don't know if he said it that way, but he, it's kind of what I infer in Scripture. And then he says, do you want me to heal him? And he, and he says, do you believe? And the guy's response is classic in verse 24 because he says, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. That's where a guy has simultaneous questions and faith. He's saying, God, I want to believe. I do believe. I have a little bit of belief, and I want to believe more. But help me through this. See, that's what Habakkuk's doing. That's what the first chapter of Habakkuk is all about. It's about this whole thing of understanding that while we're going through difficulties of life, while we're going through the, the ups and the downs of life, uh, as Seth Godin calls it, the dip of life, and we'll talk about the dip next week, the low place, when we're going through that, what do you do? What do you do? How do you hang in there with God so that God can get you past that to faith and to worship? Because Habakkuk had that obviously the same mindset because in verses 12 and 14, he had simultaneous faith and questions. It says this, Oh, Lord, this is the guy that just questioned God. Oh, Lord, are you not from everlasting? Aren't you the everlasting God? My God, my Holy One, will you not, my Holy One will not, we will not die. He says, I trust you, God, we'll not die. I have faith. I don't know how it's going to work, but I have faith. Oh, Lord, you have appointed them to execute judgment. Talking about the Babylonians. Oh, rock, you have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrong. Why then? So he has faith and turns right around and has questions once again. Why then do you, not, do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up th- those more righteous than themselves? 
Uh, this morning, you know, I'm not going to wrap, wrap all this up because it's going to take a couple weeks. I'm going to let Chris wrap it all up the last week uh, as we finish the series. But I, truthfully, I believe there's something that we can hold on to here. When you get past the top part and off the mountaintop and begin to question God, when you get past that, that area where you start begin to worry and you begin to wonder if God's really real and, and all the problems are going on, what do you do? You do a Habakkuk. You know what a back is? What does his name mean? Embrace. Wrestle. You embrace God. You grab a hold of God as tight as you can. And you say, God, I don't understand. And I don't know what to do. I don't understand it. But I'm going to trust you in this because I know that you say in your word. And my experience with you is that you are who you say you are. And I'm going to wrestle with you through this. And I'm going to hang in there. And when you're going through that time when you start having a crisis of belief, a crisis of faith, and you start worrying, what God wants you to do is to embrace him, to hold on to him as tightly as possible, to stay as close to him as you possibly can, even in the midst of questioning, just like Habakkuk did. So looking at this little diagram, where are you? I mean, are you like, you know, you're, man, you're, everything's going well right now for you, man. You're like, everything's blessed. You're at a mountaintop. You just got back from retreat. Probably our senior high will be that this afternoon when they get back. Are you past that, that, that hump? You're starting to go down. You're starting to have some issues in your life. And, you know, it, it happens on a regular basis in our lives. It's all right to be there. Maybe you're in the bottom of the dip we're going to talk about next week. When you've hit bottom and you think, like, what can I do now? How do you wait with God? We're going to talk about that. Or maybe you're past there. Maybe you're starting to, you know, get see the light and things are starting to go in the other direction. And you're starting to get, and God's growing your faith. And he's helping you begin to get to a place where you're beginning to worship him once again, which means to place him in honor. Where are you? Regardless of where you are, the book of Habakkuk, the little letters, the three chapters has something for you. Each one tells you what to do. The first one, embrace God in the midst of crisis. It's all right to question God because God's big enough. And he'll help you through it if you won't turn your back on him. That's this week. Not too neat, not too tidy, but at least we're starting on our journey and learning how to deal with the questions and the difficulties of life that we face. Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. For more series and podcast information, go to greatoakscc.org.